and strode across the entrance hall toward the breakfast room at the back of the house. Damned sodding ginger-haired scientist, the butler muttered, just loudly enough for Finn to overhear. No sodding respect. The Duke of Wallingford's breakfast room was a remarkably pleasant spot for a house without a presiding female. Spacious, south-facing, it overlooked the high-walled back garden at such an angle as to block the sight of the neighbouring houses and create the misleading impression of having been transported to the countryside, or at least as far as Hampstead. The room's only flaw was his unmistakable air of disuse. The Duke and his brother seldom arose before noon, the natural consequence of seldom retiring before dawn. Not the case today, however, Finn observed, as he crossed the stately threshold. The sideboard overflowed with all the necessary elements of a proper English breakfast—kidneys, bacon, kippers, toast, eggs without number—and on the chair at the end of the table lay the shipwreck of Lord Roland Penhallow, the Duke's younger brother. "'Good God, Penhallow!' Finn said, tossing his newspaper on a nearby chair. "'To what do we owe the honour? "'Haven't a clue.' Lord Roland mumbled, told to make myself ready by eight sharp, or I should have my estates foreclosed. Though now that I recollect, he rubbed his forehead meditatively, I paid off those mortgages years ago. Finn moved to the sideboard and claimed a plate of bone china, so fine it was almost translucent. Shabby of Wallingford. Still, it's your own jolly fault, drinking yourself insensible, I've explained to the two of you on any number of occasions. Sod yourself, you damn saint, Lord Roland said. You workaday scientists have no notion of what's expected of idle aristocrats. I'm scarcely keeping up as it is. He hid his beautiful face behind a cup of thick black coffee and drank in gulps. Then your luck rides high this morning, old man. I've brought the solution to your dilemma into this very room. Finn folded his long frame into a shield-backed heppelwhite chair, acquired in a fit of modernization several decades earlier by the present Duke's grandmother, and pointed his fork at yesterday's evening edition of the Times on the cushion next to him. Your salvation, my lord, and your brothers. Lord Roland stabbed at his kidneys. And if I prefer damnation... No one asked your preference, barked the Duke of Wallingford, entering the room in a ruckus of booted heels. Nobody asked mine to be perfectly honest, but here I am, Burke, your obedient servant. I trust you're enjoying your breakfast. Very well, thank you. I find a brisk morning walk sets one up perfectly for a substantial breakfast like this. Your kitchen is to be commended. Sod yourself, Burke, said Wallingford. He made his way to the sideboard, an impressive figure in his morning tweeds, tall and broad-shouldered, his hair unfashionably long, and his chin unfashionably clean-shaven. Only the most familiar observer would detect the signs of last night's revelry on his face, the trace of puffiness in his eyelids, the slackening about the corners of his mouth. "'You raise an interesting point,' said Finn, and in a roundabout way, 
Sodding oneself may have some bearing on the proposal I bring to you this morning. Wallingford heaped an odd dozen or so kippers onto his plate and dropped the serving fork back into its dish with a significant crash. I'm panting to hear it. I'm damned if I don't detect a note of sarcasm in your words, Your Grace. And yet you were more than curious last night. Curious enough, I'm compelled to point out, to arrange this morning meeting, at vast inconvenience to yourself and— a glance at Lord Rowland's bowed head. Your suffering brother? Last night I was blazing drunk. Wallingford dropped himself into a chair at the head of the table. This morning I'm in my proper senses. Shall I cut to the point, then? Do. The single syllable echoed through the room. Finn reached for his newspaper.